Jangle, jangle, my cords are all tangled. Uh, hello, everybody. This is Jason Gives No Fucks. Oh, oh, sorry, Freudian slip. Goodness, I slipped and fell into my Freud. I saw a lady today uh, when I was going to my favorite florist, and by favorite, I mean most affordable. And uh, yeah, it's mixed with hash, so that's why I decided, hey, you know what, Jason? It's time to record another freaky, p- kinky. Oh, Freud, get off my back, Freud. This is the creepy podcast. Like I said, I was on the way to visit my favorite florist, and uh, I saw a lady walking down the sidewalk wearing what appeared to be a memorial t-shirt, like a rest in peace type t-shirt, and it said, in memory of the last time that, that I, I cared. gave a fuck. <laughs> so yes, welcome to the creepy podcast. I am Jason, never mind, and uh, yeah, it's been uh, pretty intense lately, a lot of intensity in the world. It's been fairly clown orgy and if you don't know what the clown orgy it is it, it is if you don't know what it is it, 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 it is if you don't know what the clown orgy is it is fucking intense call me big pun i'm gonna let that one sit for a minute i know i've actually i've, I've probably used that joke on the show before Stoner. But let that roll around there for a minute. Let it marinate. All those clowns. Yeah. Their makeup smeared and running. Oinking and boinking like a bunch of freaking pigs. In big tents that just holds in the musk. Ah, clown musk. We all float in here. That's terrible. Clowns don't have orgies. They entertain children and, and make balloon animals and and, and paint and, and kill people. They kill people on college campuses. So I decided that uh, I am going to read some micropasta because I've barely done that. And I have a short attention span right now because it's been kind of an intense day. It's been kind of a clown orgy day. So, you know, let's have some fun with some micropasta. Let's put some pasta in the microwave because in Russia, pasta microwave you. That's the note she said. What's cooking, good looking? Maybe it'll be fun. Okay, so this first micropasta, and again, uh, forgive me if you don't know the. The lingo. Uh, I'm, I'm not really all that uh, up on anything. I'm not cool. I'm actually reading these off of a website called Wattpad.com because for some reason it's not easy to access these things fluidly through the creepypasta sites that come up on my browser. So it's kind of a loose concept. It's not even like a specific website is what I'm discovering. <laughs> I'm learning more about you, creepypasta. You are a complex creature. This first... Micropasta mm. is called 
instant messaging. It all started on the 14th night of March. So that's like March 14th. The night of my parents' 20th wedding anniversary. It was a wonderful sunny day, if memory serves. Surprisingly warm for before the beginning of spring. The beautiful weather was perfect for the atmosphere of the day. Being married for 20 years is obviously a momentous occasion. So my parents had booked a table at our favorite Italian restaurant. Yeah, because, you know, a momentous occasion. You celebrate with pasta, which is one of the cheapest things you can cook. That's great. I love pasta. It's good. Okay. Break some dishes. Mazel tov. Of course, this was a... Was the, <laughs> rewind. You're fucking up, Jason. Of course... This was a formal occasion, so I had my best suit on. Oh yeah, the one for the wedding and the funeral. I used to have one. I need another one. It was 5.33. Yo, what's up with the creepypasta stuff, how people get into specific times? Like, you know, because like in my day, it was like it was less less specific, I guess you could say. When I was younger, it'd be like, oh yeah, maybe around like half past something or other. You know, it might be like three hours late. It was 5.33. (laughs) And I was just straightening my tie when my phone went off. I had received a message. That's strange, I thought. That never happens. Really? It's 2017 and and you received a message and that never happens? I checked the message. It was from my mum. Mum. It was quite a jumble of numbers and letters, but through the vocabulary stew, mm, vocabulary stew and micropasta, we are having a buffet feast. Of so short stories. Thankful. Short, 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 short. Thankful for the micro Through the vocabulary stew, I could make out one legible phrase. Please help me. It should go without saying that this worried me greatly, so I immediately replied, Are you okay? Just as instantly, I got another text which read, Oops, pocket text. Okay. I sighed with all the relief I had and continued to prepare myself. Ooh, prepare yourself for what? Oh. <laughs> a few minutes later, I received another Ooh. message, this time from my dad. I checked that text, yo, and once again, it was a massive mixture of letters and numbers. Binary son. With the phrase, please help me, concealed within. Creepy though this was, my dad was always a joker, so I presumed he was just joking around until I was sent another text saying, Oops, Oops pocket text. text. Now this sparked panic. Pure, unmistakable. Uh, oh, hash is a wonderful, wonderful Ooh, thing. Yes. Pure, unmistakable panic. Panic. Exactly half a minute passed when I received the exact same two massages from my sister. Oh. Damn, you're getting massaged all night oh, by your yeah, family. This is a really, really freaky pasta. Maybe I wasn't wrong. Not there all. This could not be coincidental, for it happened every Tuesday. I'm just kidding. It just couldn't. Oh, yeah, In a state of sheer, ooh, what, what, sheer, oh, anxiety. Oh. I started to run to the restaurant. I made it about a quarter of the way before I was stopped by a police officer. Oh. Main roads closed, he said. Huge car crash. This was the exact oh. moment I realized just what had happened. I demanded to see the wreckage, a request which was, which I was surprised was allowed. Yeah, they're I not just to let you do that. When I got there. It wasn't the remnants of the car that caught my eye. Ooh, what was it, brown chicken, brown cow? Nor the flames billowing from the destroyed vehicle. Ooh, then what was it? You're making me crazy! Crazy! No. No. I'll say it in Spanish. No. 
I was horrified to see the Lifeless Corpses. Oh, they're my favorite band right now. Have you seen the Lifeless Corpses? They're great. They do fucking nothing. And you just watch them for an hour and, and you pay a lot of money and the irony is just fucking amazing. Okay, what's going on here? Uh, I don't know. No, I was horrified to see the lifeless corpses of my mother, father, and sister. That's everybody. Yeah, it's, you wrapped it up nicely. I asked for the estimated times, time of their deaths. All three of them were killed by the collision at 5.32, a minute before the first text. I think I just shit my pants. That was so freaky. Like... No, that's not shit. It's Bruce Willis. He's okay, dead. that's good. I didn't shit my pants. Bruce Willis is dead False the whole alarm. time. Oh boy. <sighs> Star Wars. This is, is going like to be fun. The whole thing mm-hmm. like... Darkness in the rearview mirror. This is micropasta number the two. The guy with the suit. That's I have the always guy's been dad. uneasy driving it's alone at night. It was worse the first few times when I had just gotten my license. <laughs> my license to ill, yo. But the nagging fear has never gone away to this day, yo. It's disorienting to look into the mirrors and see nothing. And I mean nothing but the consuming blackness of the night. The creatures of consumed the night. by the creatures of the night. It makes me hesitant. Hesitant. Hesitante. To check les mirrors. Should I see this dark void? Or worse, someone sitting in my back seat staring at me. Judging me with their I, arms crossed. Arms telling me to crossed. change the radio station. This is really bad music. The air conditioning is making them too cold. It's hot as fuck. Do you have anything I can dance? (laughs) Telling me I'm wasting my life. Seriously. In the summer of 2013, I find myself driving home alone on Highway 902 from a party. (laughs) It was almost midnight. Oh, I needless to say, it was pitch black. Oh, Oh, no. no. It was usual at night. Yeah, yeah. It's usually dark at night. Just say, on the dark side, oh yeah, it's... This is only supposed to take a minute to read, by the way. Dark side's coming just, just letting you know. It was almost midnight. I'm not going to do that trope again. I've already done it. And needless to say, it was pitch black. And as, 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 you, as was usual at night... I was on edge. I had the radio off and could hear nothing but the muffled roar of tires on pavement and the <laughs> dull hum of the engine. Mm. Words. Oh, words. Lulling words. words. I stole a glance. Thief. Into the middle rear view mirror. Into the middle rear view mirror? How many rear view mirrors do you have? Like, you mean side mirrors in rear view? Because, okay, never mind. Maybe you're like have some fancy car or something. I don't have a concept of possessions anymore. I stole a glance into the middle rear view mirror and saw nothing but darkness through the back window. I know that I looked backward and saw nothing. I'm sure of it. Just the seemingly endless and sick. Jason, you're, you have hash tongue. Hashtag hash tongue. Just the seemingly endless blackness of the night. Nice. Yes, again, it's either Laura Branigan or it's Judas Priest. I don't know which nice. one it is. It's probably Tenacious Hell D. I remember it so nice. clearly because not ten seconds later a car passed me to the left. To the left. Headlights on. Icky, icky on. I had one of those sudden adrenaline rushes like when you think you see a person outside your bedroom window and you're like, yeah, come on in and ravage me, you be- No, no. I mean, play chess. I mean... Make me some food. I'm hungry. Get in here. I'm hungry. 
I had one of those sudden, sudden adrenaline rushes, like when you think you see a person outside your bedroom window when it's just a tree. Just, just a, tree. a tree. Do you know how amazing trees are? Trees Real. are cool. Don't downplay the tree, yo. You're lucky yeah. to have a tree. Hug a tree. Especially the giving tree. Hug the saddest tree. book ever. Or when you start Trees awake at night with America. the feeling of falling. Ten seconds earlier, nothing had been behind me. <laughs> Suddenly, a car. I drove all the way home shivering and knowing something was icky icky off. The next morning, I found two sets of scratches near the back of my van. One was on the left rear. One was on the right. Dude, someone was banging your car, dude. That's weird. I saw something like that on TV once. It was a strange addiction thing where people made love to cars. And I was just thinking, wouldn't that burn? You got to make sure the car's been off for a while. Uh, The car was pretty old. Ooh, it's a mature car. (laughs) They could have been there for months. But that was the first time I distinctly remembered seeing them. Okay, that's weird. In hindsight, but um, bum Look back at it, yo. There are two possibilities for what happened that night. Possibility one: by some glitch in reality, or something paranormal. Okay, we're getting into the conspiracy shit here. The other car had somehow appeared behind me within ten seconds of me checking my mirror, like some weird ghost crap or something. Ghost crap? No. Is that a thing? Do ghosts take shits? I really don't want to have to do that anymore after I die. I feel like that should be one thing I don't have to do. Take a shit? Eat? Have pimples? Go to work? I mean, come on. I don't have to wake up in the morning anymore? Come on. Come on now. Come on. Come on. However, the second option is what makes my blood run cold. Whatever I consider it. It didn't even occur to me until months after the fact, but it makes me dread driving alone at night even more. Dread driving alone. That's my new band name. Dread driving alone. Dread driving alone. Possibility two. The car was normal. It had approached me from the rear and passed me to my left. However, something large and wide and as black as the night had been clinging to the rear of my car. Stop giving me your psychology. Kinky pasta. Kinky, Kinky pasta. pasta. Obscuring my view. I'm Excuse me, I've been smoking hash. I got a hash tongue and mush mouth. And probably a deviated septum, but that's a different story from like 12 years ago. However, something large and wide and as black as the night had been clinging to the rear of my car. Yeah, look that up on Google and see what pops up. Obscuring my view through the window and leaving deep scratches on the sides. And I had inadvertently driven it home with me. Oh, oh no. You gave it a free ride and it didn't even thank you? And now it's probably in your house eating all the good cereal. They always fucking do those piece of shit rat bastard fucks. They should be drugged into the street and shot. Ooh, I popped the pee Ooh, there. Excuse I me, I'm I'm in, I'm impassioned right here. here. Put you know the fucking new roll of toilet cheerio. paper on on, on, on the, the the roll thing. So Don't good, just yummy. leave the empty roll I'll and start pulling toilet plans. paper off of the toilet paper yum, holder where you yum, keep all the other yum. toilet paper rolls. No, 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 no. You gotta replace the roll before you start using the new one because then it's always me replacing the fucking roll. It, it, it. She brought it home. This isn't a podcast. This is my therapy. Just remember that. You are voyeurs, and I appreciate it. You're naughty. This one is called Children of the Moon. 
<laughs> Back when I was a teenager, if we ever did occasionally want to moon somebody, we would sing Bad Moon Rising. In the town of Bisden, nobody leaves their home after dark. As soon as the sun begins to set, shutters are drawn shut, candles are snuffed out, and doors are locked tight. But eh, before the moon is fully risen, risen, the entire town appears deserted. Ooh, I love dessert. Ice cream. And silence reigns supreme. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Whispered Freja. F-R-E-J-A. I don't know what com- country this comes from. Is it Freja? Freja. 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 Clean your room. I don't know. What, I don't know which one it is. Did you hear that? Whispered Freja. Sounding very small and afraid in the dark. Shut period up period. Her older brother, comma, Freud. There's too much synchronicity going on here. Hissed through clenched teeth as he eyed the black windows of the house nearest to them. They were probably locked. Nobody in their right mind would leave their windows unlocked at night. Not in Bisden, anyway. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. It's B-I-S-D-E-N. Bisden, Bisden, smell of fresh bison. I'm not sure. I told you we shouldn't play in the forest. Continued. Freya! I said we should go back sooner. And I said to shut up, Freud went on. And he did more cocaine and went on about your mother. Whining about the past doesn't change the present. Oh, I love presents. Freud looked at his sister. And he had a boner. I'm <laughs> just kidding. It's, Stop it's it. Freud. We're making Freud jokes. No, you're not making Freud jokes. looked at the sister, shivering in the dark. Hello. And got a boner. I'm just kidding. <sighs> I will get through this sentence. My, my, my terrible, horrible, fractured mind Hello. can be retrained. Freud looked at his sister, shivering in the dark. It doesn't change the situation we're in. Before Freya could respond, the faint sound of a child's laughter floated across the wind. Goosebumps erupted along Freud's neck. And arms. Something about the sound seemed wrong. <laughs> Maybe there's other. Freud clasped his hand over Freya's mouth, pulling her in close. He shrank back into the shadows of the alley. Again, the unearthly sound drifted across the air. <laughs> Freya tensed in Freud's arms as she realized the magnitude of their situation. A child's voice, oddly distorted broke the silence of the night like a fist through glass. Oh! <laughs> oh, God! <sighs> come out, come out, wherever you are. Freya! The thing lumbered across the mouth. Freud. Of the alley? Freud? Just a few feet from Freud and Freya. Freya's hiding place. It was roughly the size of a child. Jesus, how are you going to get that thing in your mouth? <laughs> you are talented. What, do you freaking unhinge your jaw? Do you oh. work for the circus? Circus. It was bigger than a baby's arm, yet shuffled with its arms hanging grotesquely close close to the ground, making it, making its disproportionate body appear markedly ape-like. It was completely nude and had skin so shockingly white that it reflected the glow from the moon. The thing turned its shimmering bald head toward the alley as it crossed. It's probably just like Bruce Willis drunk. <laughs> He's cool. I like Die Hard. Die Hard's great. Its face was perfectly smooth and entirely devoid of feature, save for an impossibly wide smile with thin lips the color of blood. Now, see, that sounds like Tom Cruise. Highway to the danger zone. Again, Tom Cruise is short, but the crimson slash of its mouth appeared to stretch from ear to ear. 
Freud felt warmth spread down his thigh. As his bladder let go, it's getting kinky again, oh no! Freja whimpered. The thing froze mid-stride, its body becoming as rigid as stone. Slowly, it turned its torso until it was facing the alleyway. It took a tentative step forward. Freja sucked in a sharp breath through her nose as she began to hyperventilate. Freud clamped his hand over her mouth, but he was too late. Impossibly fast. The thing twisted his head toward their hiding place. Oh, hello. Producing a sickening cackle from its neck. <laughs> Found you. <laughs> In the town of Bisden, nobody leaves their house after dark. Every day, young ones are sternly told to be home by dusk. Get your ass home. They are told of the evil that haunts the streets at night. Be home by 11. They are also told to always remain silent. Take out the trash. Yeah, that's what parents tell you because you fucking talk too much when you're young. You don't understand inside voice. You don't understand anything about social interaction or boundaries or not drooling on people or not having like stinky sour milk breath. Yeah, the boogeyman's gonna totally just fucking eat you if you don't shut up and go to sleep. <laughs> In the town of Bisden, nobody leaves their house after dark. Every day, young ones are sternly told to be home by dusk. They are told of the evil that haunts the streets at night. Donald Trump! They are told to always remain silent because if they hear you, the children of the moon will tear you limb from limb. Oh. Mm. Oh, well, you know, that's really oh, only four tears, oh, honestly. My, my I mean, you're, you're gonna keep going? you probably oh, will be in shock by the first. And then the blood loss by the second. I, I mean, really, I got no arms, most legs. terrible deaths that can happen oh, to you, like you wouldn't even know they happened, really. And that's very comforting, really. So, you know. <laughs> so we've read a couple so far that's supposed to be, I think, about three minutes total reading time. And we are up to, oh, yeah, way past 20. Okay. Slow reader. I guess I'm just a slow reader. Some people call me a slow reader. The sleepwalker. I have dreamed more than once that a man may attain immortality by a rewind assiduously. Assiduously? Is that is that what it looks like? I haven't seen that word in a while. How have you been? Assiduously? Am I saying you right? Am I doing you right, boo? Assiduously? No. I have dreamed more than once that a man may attain immortality by assiduously avoiding daylight. Idiot. For it is only by the light of the sun that he ages. That, you know, that's, you got a point there. Yeah, Idiot. yeah, you, you kind of got a point there because, uh, you know, under a bar light at night, you look good. But in the daylight, you're like, ooh, mm, we need to get some softer lighting in this bathroom. This is not, this is not a good thing. Things are not, this is not going well. Mm-hmm. Staying out of the daylight, for it is only by the light of the sun that he ages. Knowing this secret... One might go on living indefinitely. Now, 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 homie, really, really. There are other factors. Come on, man. That's not how it works. Come on. Seriously. Everyone knows the way you live indefinitely is to only go out at night. Be a man-eater. Only drink whiskey. Yes. And only eat white bread fried in the grease from fat-back bacon. Only eat white people fried in bacon grease. You do that? Oh, man. 
You're gonna be a lean, mean, fighting, loving machine. Like for the rest of your life, man, you're just gonna walk around fighting and loving stuff. Like brick walls and mailboxes. You know, you fighting them and love them at the same time, you know, and people take pictures of Only a few hundred people in the entire world take advantage of this arcane knowledge. Moving anonymously by night among the larger cities and actively shun the attention of those who would expose them to the curiosity, or worse, of the masses? I'm a little confused. Okay, so basically there's people who are like, know that if you don't go out in the sun, you'll live forever, and they do that. Okay, if you have seen one of these extraordinary beings, it it was without knowing it, of course. They are the periphery of your view one evening. At any out-of-the-way tavern, eyes half shut, cigarette dangling from shadowy lips, sweeping the change before him onto the on the bar into his pocket just as you arrived. You didn't consciously mark him as he shuffled out of the sight with the slow determination of a sleepwalker, but something you did note, but something in you did note him, and his memory returns so quickly and sharply because this is so. Now that you acknowledge you have seen him. Study what little remains to you of his profile, his peculiar slouch, for you will never see this individual again, or rather, he will never let you see him. No matter where you search through the blurred end of the night, he will always have left a few steps ahead of you, leaving behind some ashes, a drained bottle next to a sudsy glass, a layer of smoke on the stagnant air. He will be the joke at which the nodding drinkers still laugh, but you will never hear his voice. Okay, so basically you're talking about uh, depressed alcoholics. That's what that sounds like. You know, daddy doesn't wake up before 5 p.m. anymore. Um, And then he goes and drinks his breakfast. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I really hope that's not, uh, you know, down low. Down low psychology. You know, I I would hate to think that uh, there's so much suffering in the world, but... If there wasn't, there wouldn't be a creepypasta. The the idea of theater. Just like tragedy. Of Lowe's. Theater is bipolar. (laughs) The Guide. I hope it tells me what TV shows are on tonight, because I have no idea what's on TV anymore. I never knew you existed before, but now you're all I can think about. Oh, boy. From the moment I saw you, something within me said, That's it! That's the one. I was nervous because I'd never been a guide before. But I know I'm ready for this moment. The last thing I remember before you dying was reading a small card. Then looking up and seeing terrible red eyes peering into mine. Since this is my first time, I decided to do what my guide did for me. You finally step outside your car and walk inside. Stumbling a little on the icy sidewalk and peering tentatively at the icicles above. If I was able, I would laugh at the memory of my mother, ha ha, or perhaps it was my grandmother, ha ha ha, so long ago warning me of the deadly danger that icicles pose. But now I know better. That isn't how death works at all. You slam the door behind you, but I glide through confidently, for I know I am still invisible to your eyes, foe. You turn towards the bathroom. And I blush and choose not to follow. I mean, come on now. We all have our boundaries. Not gonna go in there. Can do something really terrible to you in a minute, but you... I don't want to see you go pee. That's... Ooh, ew. Wash your hands. Instead, 
I explore your house and ponder on what sort of person you must be. I wonder if you will take this gracefully or filled with terror. I wonder if you are ready. I self-consciously pull at my long black robe. Uh-huh. And glance again at the card I hurriedly wrote, making sure my writing is legible as you exit the bathroom. Holy sh- Fuck! Dude, did you eat a corpse? Jesus! Jesus! Jesus can't even save you from this. As you exit the bathroom and head to the kitchen, I take my- Oh, God! Dude! For real now. For real now. You should get that checked, whatever that is. Whatever corpse you left in the toilet. As you exit the bathroom and head to the kitchen, I take my opportunity and lay the card gently on your table. Lay my cards on the table, where I know you must sooner or later notice it. Take your time, though. We are in no rush. You hum Bohemian Rhapsody to yourself? Really? How do you do that? Wait. <laughs> Who hums Bohemian Rhapsody? You don't hum that fast. Humming is more like... Like it's like something leisurely. It's like, who who does that? Do you know what humming means? <laughs> you hum Bohemian Rhapsody to yourself as you pull a frozen dinner from the freezer and pop it in the microwave. I consider starting a fire to make my first guiding experience more grand, but I think you would prefer it my way. I could almost feel an echo of my long-stilled heart as you turn around and fixate on my note. Peering around anxiously, you bend down to pick it up and read it. I get into place because I know as soon as you read my name, you will be able to see me, and I must make myself terrifyingly presentable. <gasps> oh my god, this is so exciting, I must say. My name is Death. I am not only Death, but one of many. <laughs> Most people think of Death as falling asleep and waking up on another side, but that's not right at all. Death is like being pulled by your ankle deep into the depths of the ocean, sudden, inexplicable, and suffocating. I'm here to drag you there. What a drag. For none can achieve death on their own. You shudder in confusion. Is that a thing? Do people shudder in confusion and look up to see me? A guttural and an earthly scream escapes your lips. What's a guttural and an Ouch! Ouch! No! Really? Am I that terrible? Yeah, apparently I am. As I reach out for your hand and pull you through your dimension into mine, as the mortals see it to your death. I don't know, man. It sounds like we're going somewhere better. Like, I bet the music's good. Come on, man. Things suck here. People like Taylor Swift for fuck's sake. Like, seriously. <sighs> There's gotta be better, better music and culture on the other side. There has to be. It has to be American Idol where it's nothing but auditions. <laughs> Ooh, micropasta. Yeah, getting full. Getting a little full here. We're having micro... We're having uh, uh, pasta tapas. Small plate pastas. One ravioli at a time on a plate. Uh, but it's the experience. It's, it's not about getting full. Oh, this one's called... It started as a leak. What did it become? An, an eggplant? Or a 
cucumber, maybe? What are leeks, anyway? Are they like a vegetable or like a plant? Like a leafy plant? Like a kale, maybe? I don't eat stuff like that. It started as a leek. The rainy season began in early summer, and June had been no exception. It did not surprise the man when he discovered rainwater dripping from his dining room ceiling. Shrugging it off, he placed a tall pot beneath the leak and expected it to stop on its own. Really? <laughs> However, it continued to rain, and before he knew it, the pot would threaten to overflow. Hey, yo, man, I'm about to overflow, yo. There's a threat, yo. Yeah. He had to dump the water out first thing in the morning and straight after he returned home from work. Eventually, he began to notice water damage at the source of the leak. Yeah, that would happen. This, this is all very factual. This is riveting. Riveting. A man gets a leak in his ceiling and thinks it's going to go away by itself, but it doesn't. And then he starts noticing water damage because he doesn't do anything to fucking fix it. <laughs> the white ceiling had discolored turning a dull shade of brown. Oh, God, you've got all the detail. He checked the weather and realized that it would continue to rain sporadically over the next 10 days. The man was worried about the ceiling mildewing and becoming an expensive repair, so he called a local handyman. Handyman. A, a guy who's handyman. Unfortunately, the man could not sign to have the repairs done. Only his landlord could. This is a lot of detail, man, and a micropasta. I mean, really, these are supposed to be like a minute long, and I feel like I'm going through a fucking escrow. It was a frustrating policy. The man called his landlord but could not reach him. He left him a few voicemails, detailing how the damage was becoming progressively worse. The man was clueless as to why his landlord would not return his calls. They usually kept in touch. Speaking at least twice a month. That's very responsible of you, responsible micropasta writer. Finally, he reasoned. Oh, did he reason? Is that what he does? He reasons? Finally, he reasoned that he would not be held accountable for any damages sustained. That's good. He was able to sleep that night because he reasonably uh, reasoned that he could not be held accountable. Like, there's no way he could, right? Because he tried to contact his landlord, and all these things happened, and... Boring! Okay. One night, the man was startled awake by a massive thump. He quickly turned on his bedside lamp, and just vaguely, he could see an overturned table and a large shape lying across it. Oh, your roommate got really hammered again, right? Yeah, it was quiz night at the pub, yo. Mm, 90s night, I know all about the 90s, bro. I had an older brother. He sprinted out of his apartment and called the police, gagging at the smell. The man sat in the police station with a blanket wrapped around his shoulders and a coffee mug resting in his hands. He didn't know one thing. There had been a dead body in his ceiling, and the water had saturated it so badly that it caved in under the weight. So far, the body was unidentifiable due to the rainwater and was being autopsied. So, here's where I'm going to call bullshit right the fuck away. I had an apartment once that had vermin, and uh, the smell of death is instant. If you had a fucking dead fucking corpse, fucking dead fucking huge fucking person, because seriously, one tiny mouse can make your entire house smell like fucking disease and plague. If you had a body in your ceiling, your house would smell so fucking terrible. Oh my God.
<laughs> and if there was a corpse in your ceiling, wouldn't it plug the hole that the rainwater is coming? I just, you know what? Never the fuck mind. Let's just, we'll, we'll give the punchline to the story. Where, where, where did we leave off? There had been a dead body in his ceiling, and the water had saturated it so badly that it caved under the weight. So far, the body was unidentifiable due to the rainwater and was being autopsied. While the man waited, he called his landlord and finally reached him, panicking as he explained the situation. His landlord was just as alarmed, and the man pleaded for him to come to the station while he made a statement. The man paused as the detective crossed over to him, and he lowered his phone, wondering if the body had been identified. His blood ran immediately cold, and he shook his head with terror. The body belonged to Richard Thompson, his landlord, and he had died over a year ago. That's not what disturbed him the most. If his landlord was dead, then who was pretending to be him? Okay. So, again, okay. I'm going to go back to this line right here. There had been a dead body in his ceiling. Not attic. Not upstairs, blah, blah, blah. Not storage, blah, blah, blah. Ceiling. Do you know... Is there room to store a dead body in a ceiling? Question number one. Is there room to store a dead body in a ceiling? First off. Second off. How the actual fuck do you open up your ceiling to store a dead body in it? Like, ceilings don't open up. There's not like a little, like, you, you don't crawl up a little, like, you know, staircase somewhere in your house, and there's the entrance to the ceiling. The ceiling is not a place. <laughs> it would make more sense to go, like, say, under the floorboards, but, or maybe in the attic, and so, but how do you fucking put a body in the ceiling? In the ceiling. Ceiling. Say it one more time. Ceiling. Okay. Gotta shake it off. In the ceiling? A body? Okay, hold on. Is this a, a micropasta from opposite universe where everything's upside down? Okay, here we go. Next one. Roommate troubles. Oh, this is... It's all feeding into my weird synchronicity today. I, wow. Okay, this was meant to be. This is kismet. This is karma coming back to uh, uh, slap me on the ass, I guess. So, roommate troubles. This actually happened to me a few years back at the University of the Arts in Philadelphia. My sophomore year, I roomed with a girl named Kara. She was a jazz vocalist. Oh, no. But her main interest was opera. Oh, God. We had a small room on the sixth floor. Oh, no. Of a dormitory called Juniper Hall. Oh, that's sweet. That's a nice name. The walls were thin. Of course they were. And her late night singing and voice practices would keep me up. Latte. Open latte. After a month or so of lost sleep, I convinced her to move her late night practices to the music studios in the Merriam Theater. Fucking stop. Fucking kill you if you keep me up. Uh, I convinced her to move her late-night practices to the music studios in the Merriam Theater building a block away. Around 8 o'clock one evening, Kara announced that she would be practicing late for an upcoming recital and probably wouldn't be home until around midnight. Oh, party animal. Great, I thought. 
That means I can go to bed early. Ooh, party animal. I was beat. Ooh, party animal. I had a horrible day in an acting studio and was ready to pass out as soon as I had dinner. Fucking beast. You're a fucking beast. She said goodnight and left. Coffee and sheet music in hand. Oh. I made some grilled cheese and soup. Gobbled it down and immediately began to prepare for bed. I am preparing for bed. By the time I got out of the shower, my eyelids were so heavy that I could hardly brush my teeth. I pulled on my PJs and crawled into the top bunk of our bunk bed. I was out as soon as my head hit the pillow. God, that's... You really... I envy you for that. I should take a second to describe the layout of our... Why? Okay, I'll play along. Micropasta means it's supposed to be short. Why are we getting a fucking layout of your apartment? I should take a second. It's already been a second. I should take a second to describe the layout of our apartment. When entering the apartment, the bedroom was through a door immediately to the... Immediately. Immediately to the left. Our bathroom was inside the bedroom, just past the bunk beds. UA Arts is... Nice in the sense that you don't have to share bathrooms. That's that's actually very nice, yeah, because I hate pooping face-to-face with people. It really is intimidating, and sometimes, I mean, you know, I have uh, poop anxiety, and they're just, like, pooping like a champ, and I'm like, dude, I can't poop, and they're like, you suck, you can't even poop. Anyway, I woke up to the sound of my roommate pooping, I mean, um, uh, the, the sound of the apartment door closing. I opened my eyes and groggily checked my phone, Midnight on the dot. I rolled back over and closed my eyes. I heard Kara enter the room and stop in front of the bunk bed. Checking to see if I'm actually asleep, I thought. She flopped down on the bed below me, which was strange, as she was a stickler for brushing her teeth and washing up before bed. Oh, no. Then again, exams were just around the corner, and we were all exhausted. The mattress below me creaked and then was silent. I couldn't even hear her breathing. I started to drift off again. I was just on the edge of deep sleep when I was startled awake again by a noise. A key in the lock, a door opening, and Kara entering our apartment. Humming an opportune, God, I fucking know what you're talking about. Jesus, I've had that. Roommate, shut up, roommate. Shut the fuck up, roommate. Shut your fucking mouth, roommate. Shut up, shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut The mattress below me creaked. Okay. So, basically, your crazy roommate has a booty call hookup that she gave her key to and said, hey, meet me at my place at midnight smelling like whiskey like my daddy used to when he would come home from work and I would sit in his lap and he would rub my back and watch sports and drink. Yeah, come to my place smelling like that. Make sure you don't wake up my roommate and I'll be there to quietly fornicate with you and hopefully she won't know. But of course, everybody knows everything and everyone can hear everything because the walls are thin and I sit... <laughs> and you play drums too. Uh, the Creepy Podcast. 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 The Creepy
The walls is real. You're creepy, Pagay. I'm creepy. What is Stanley? And you're listening to the Creepy Podcast. I have three dollars because it's my birthday. Well, welcome back. It's about to be Thanksgiving and shit. Be thankful for what you got, though. If you got something, be thankful. I'm thankful that I get to do this entire segment again because, trust me, I did the most amazing segment of the Creepy Podcast never recorded because I forgot to hit record. Let me make sure it's recording. It's bound to happen. It happens when you do things like this. Yes, okay, we are rolling. Well, anyway, I'm kind of glad it happened. I'm only saying that because it did, so I have to justify it, but I was reading a story that was supposed to be Thanksgiving-themed because Thanksgiving is coming, and it's called Laszlo. And I read it, and it has nothing to fucking do with Thanksgiving, and it's really frustrating. It hit a lot of my weird emotional triggers. Pardon. My commentary got a little mean. <laughs> but if you'd like to read it and see what I'm talking about, it's fine. We're gonna just gonna we're gonna soldier on. I'm gonna try this again and not be so worried about it because I wanna get at least one Thanksgiving centric story into this episode because people are gonna have time on their hands. You're gonna want something to listen to, and I'd like you to I don't know. I'm trying to be more professional and human about what I do. Cause I'm a lizard. Anyways. The day after Thanksgiving is Black Friday. So, in trying to pick another story to do, because I honestly can't do Laszlo again. It hurt too much. It hurt my brain. Uh, I'm going to do a story called Eternal Debt. Happy Spanksgiving and uh, happy Black Friday. <laughs> Eternal Debt. It was the year of 2006 that I died, but I keep dying and dying and dying. I can't stop reliving my death. Okay, Morrissey, chill. I am now in a debt of eternity. Something just won't let me die and keeps coming back again to watch me suffer in pain. I can still feel that icy draft that hit my face as I walked over to the window, placed my hands on the sill, and pulled it down with ease. I can still hear that old dog whimpering from under the dining room table. I can still see the darkness that lay ahead of me when I turned to go back to my bedroom, and I can still smell the lingering scent of that night's dinner. A Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, that's, see, this all sounds wonderful. Like, really? I love, I love eating food as a vice when I, I, can, I just can't afford it. Give me, give me food. It is November 27th, 2006, 12.02 a.m. So specific. At this time, I should be leaving my room to close the large window across the hall that was left open, but I'm not. I am staying where I am with my pen and paper, and I am writing this. I am changing reality. I am not going to die over and over again. I will stay here, and I will write about my death instead of living it. I will write until she finds me and kills me again, and then I will write all of this again. I will keep doing what I am doing until I finally finish it. Finished, finished it? Until I finally finish it. Okay. I rolled to the side of my bed, kicking the blankets off before I sat up and reached over to my bedside lamp, flicking it on. I groggily stood up and excited to see the hallway, trudging forward to the window. It was then that I thought I heard the sound of some kind of keys jingling in a lock. I ignored it and regarded it as nothing and continued on to pull down the window, flipping the lock. 
When my stomach began to growl loudly, I rubbed my eyes briefly and took one last glance to the window and headed for the kitchen and dining room for a midnight snack. That's right, you're about to get that leftover turkey, yo. Overall, everything seemed normal, other than one sound I heard and disregarded swiftly. Opening up the fridge, I glanced around it for a minute or so, not able to find anything I really wanted. What, isn't it like Thanksgiving, though? Making the decision, I took out the milk and sat it on the counter. Grabbing a glass, I poured it into the cup and took a few sips before setting it back down. That's your snack, a glass of milk? It's like Thanksgiving night. You got so much goddamn food in that fridge. My fingers still wrapped around it tightly. My eyes opened widely when I heard the door creak open and shuffling footsteps across hardwood floors. I picked the cup back up, sipping it again as I walked to the living room to see who or what was there. Before me stood a red-haired lady. Oh, God, I know who that is. She comes into my work. She's so mean. I, I call her aging goth lady. Before me stood a red-haired lady who casually looks around my house as if she has no idea where she was. That's totally her. She's totally going to bully you, dude. Seriously. She was wearing a black tank top, black miniskirt, a long black trench coat, and united military combat, oh sorry, untied military combat boots. I was utterly confused as to who this was that broke into my house. Really? Like you got like hot chicken combat boots in your house and you're like, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You don't look a horse in the mouth. You don't. Don't, don't, look, don't look in horses' mouths. There's nothing in there for you. It is not for you. Oh, as soon as she pulled a dagger from her boot, okay. I lost my grip on the cup, and it shattered. As soon as that happened, I turned and ran from my room as fast as I could. It was almost as if she hadn't noticed me. I didn't care what she had noticed and what she hadn't, just as long as she left me alone. That's a good philosophy, you know. You do you, I do me. Okay. I locked the door and ran for the closet practically tripping over my own two feet as I ran for it. When I was inside, I slid the door shut and prayed that she couldn't find me. Mine uh, called to me in a language that seemed to be German. It took a few minutes, but the footsteps kept getting closer and closer until they finally stopped and the doorknob was jiggling as she tried to open it. It took a few seconds, but she got it opened, probably the same way she did the front door. My breathing became heavier and faster as she checked everywhere I could hide until she finally came to the closet. The door squeaked as she pulled it open to find me, curled against the wall in fear. That is when she began laughing hysterically, dagger in her hand. I was too shocked to move, and with her standing in the way, flailing that knife in her hand, how could I? I'm just going to say, this is so much better of a story than Laszlo. Ooh, Laszlo, you mean-spirited story. NSFW. She slowly knelt down on her knees, getting to my height. She held my neck tightly with the hand she didn't have the knife in and whipped it around to face her. Darling, I've been looking for you. She whispered. Oh, darling, I... She whispered, leaning forward so our faces were only about two inches apart. I could only whimper and stare at her as she held my head in place. I have something to ask you, the woman continued to say. Tears began streaming from my eyes as it became harder and harder to breathe and she kept applying more and more pressure to my windpipe. Satin odor, sidey. 
That's what it says. I don't know. I guess it's German or something. Did nine ten? I don't know how to speak German. It says satin odor s e i d e question mark. I don't. I guess you could put it into like Google Translator or something. Those were the last things I heard, other than the sound of her hysterical laughing. It's anyway, she took that knife to my cheek, making a deep incision there before moving down to my neck where she held it. In jerk move, party foul. I was drifting off into unconsciousness, just as she let go and pressed the knife slowly into my throat. I can only remember looking down and seeing my blood dripping from the cut and my killer sadistically laughing as she continued the very slow sliding of her dagger. Happy Thanksgiving! I am forced to repeat this so slow death with the image of my crimson-haired killer in mind and everything that I am forced to do over again, and the German words that to this day I still do not understand. With writing this, all I hope that I shall defy my death and that this strange happening will have never occurred and I will have simply died. Here she comes again. Laszlo's coming! Uh, yeah, if you'd heard my Laszlo reading, that would be a great punchline, but I didn't record it. Um, so yeah, this totally is the crazy aging goth lady with red hair that comes into the thrift store that I work at. And uh, I want that, that, that sewing machine. Okay, we can have it. I can't carry, I can't carry it home. I, well, yeah, you have to. But I want it! But yeah, yeah, we don't do holds. You have to take it with you. <gasps> Put it on hold for me. But I, I'm not supposed to. Do it now. Okay. See you tomorrow. This is Jason. Never mind. Signing off for the creepy podcast, and uh, as you probably know by now. Charlie Manson is has left this physical plane. Uh, Charles Manson is dead. What some of you might not know is that he was actually uh, really an aspiring musician. And he had a song called Never Learn Not to Love that the Beach Boys used. But he's got, there's multiple bootlegs of his recordings. And he's got this one song called uh, Look at Your Game, Girl. And I don't know why, but I, I find it kind of haunting. So in my weird travels, as my alter ego, DJ4AM, I, I remixed that song. So I'm, I'm going to stick it on the end of this episode right here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw my uh, Charles Manson remix on the end of this Thanksgiving holiday episode of the Creepy Podcast. Because, uh, you know, that's what we do. So... Look at your game, girl. Remixed by DJ Four AM, and then if you would like to uh, check out more things by J Never, Jason Nevermind, DJ Four AM, Dope Style Twelve Thirty One. There's so much up over there, like the the Vampire on a Pony Network Bandcamp page. Triple W dot DJ Number Four AM dot Bandcamp dot com. That's www.dj4am.bandcamp.com. There's more tapes being pressed as we speak. Plenty of digital things. Every episode of the Creepy Podcast and uh, spinoffs and all sorts of music. So go check it out. Thank you for listening. This is a presentation of the Vampire on a Pony Network. And, uh, yeah. There's a time.
Podcast. 